Ladies and gentlemen, please notice that exits are conveniently located at the front and rear of this auditorium. When leaving the theater, we suggest that the exit at the front of the auditorium will allow you easier access to the parking areas. Thank you. And away we go. That's, a, that's right. a new thing I'm working on. <laughs> when you always love that, let's I just love the questions. I don't walk right into that. that. There are some, I'm not saying this is a good movie. Oh, what? I, that is finished Willem Dafoe. He, he looks, looks just like Willem Dafoe. He, I thought he looked very familiar. You're, don't throw out a fact. You are correct. You're Butler, correct. you should do some facts sometimes. <laughs> do some facts sometimes, Butler. Don't take my facts. <laughs> I'm pretty confident your brother doesn't listen to the Forgotten Cinema podcast, but if he does, Boo! Hello, I'm Mike Field. And I'm Mike Butler. And you're listening to the Forgotten Cinema Podcast. Each episode, we highlight a film that, for a variety of reasons, was forgotten by audiences. Whether it's because a more popular movie was released at the same time, or the movie simply didn't catch on within an audience in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about the movie, or perhaps don't love about it, but we'll always recommend you revisit it. If you enjoy our podcast, please feel free to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this podcast right now. And away we go. That's, a, that's right. a new thing I'm working on. Uh, <laughs> it does need some new work. Okay. Keep uh, I'll here. try. Maybe we'll, I'll make it more Looney Tunes. <laughs> <laughs> so we are now in the first week of December. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Uh, everybody is uh, getting ready to do their holiday shopping. All right. So what better of a movie to start that has the one of the better opening scenes quite about holiday shopping. Yes. Is the 2015 movie Krampus, or as I kept saying before we did this, Krampus. 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 So Krampus uh, was released on Friday, December 4th, 2015. It has a runtime of 98 minutes, rated PG-13, production budget of $15 million. It's opening weekend, it made $16 million. Domestic, all total domestic, made $42.7 million, and worldwide, $61.5 million. So I guess not bad. Not bad at all. Correct. It opened the same day as the movie The Letters. Do you remember The Letters? Vaguely. <laughs> I have not seen. I know I have not seen The Letters, but I'm pretty sure I remember what The Letters was. X. Well, yes, uh, I do not. I know I do. But like I remember of The Letters and I know like it was like, oh, you need to see The Letters. But I never saw The Letters. So I yeah. So therefore, I don't remember The Letters. <laughs> uh the following week, the 11th, was, well, actually, you know what? I'm a, Let me go prior before I go following. Sure. So like I said, it came out December 4th. The week prior, uh, the 20th of November. So that is, I take it back. The week prior is the 25th, which is a Wednesday because that's the Thanksgiving. Because in the movie theater business and in the film business, on Thanksgiving, movies don't open on that Friday uh, after Thanksgiving. They open on the Wednesday. Right. Whereas sometimes in Christmas season... Uh, you'll have a movie. You'll have a movie open on a Friday, but then you'll have movies opening on right on Christmas, which is a little odd because it gets really busy really fast sometimes. Yes. So that that that's some for another time. So on the twenty fifth of November, which was the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, you had Creed, Good Dinosaur, The Good Dinosaur, excuse me, and Victor Frankenstein. I'm only gonna say that Creed is really good. <laughs> um, oh, Victor Frankenstein. Yeah, right. I remember like. I remember seeing that trailer and I was like, oh, I'll watch it. And then but, no one came to see yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, really, it. really. But the big movie before that was the 20th, which is the Friday before. So the Friday before Thanksgiving, that opening weekend, and then into Thanksgiving, you had Hunger Games, Mockingjay Part 2. So we had the final movie in the Hunger Games saga. Ooh. So I that was busy for us, right? It It was busy, but it wasn't that busy. Each Hunger right. Games got less and less busy as the movies got 
less and less good. I will freely admit that I have never seen, I've seen pieces of the Hunger Games movies. I've never watched them. I didn't have any interest. It's, it's tough because I would say Hunger Games, the very original one, is actually pretty good. But I can't really recommend it because then you're going to go, oh, I should watch part two. And it's gar- it's it's not good after that. So it's tough to recommend Hunger Butler Games. Butler is not a Hunger Games fan. <laughs> <laughs> so in terms of like Krampus's competition. competition, it's really Hunger Games. I mean, because I have a note here that, and I've lost it. Where is it? Where is it? Where's my note? Where's my note? So, okay. So it's opening weekend on the fourth. It opened second to Hunger Games. Mm -hmm. And that's like two weeks prior. So that's Hunger Games in its third week. Well, technically it's, no, it's not the second week because it's the, no, 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 no. no, It's It's the third week. Yeah, I was right. Damn it. I was right. Okay. So you have that. So now after when Krampus came out on the 4th, on the 11th, you had In the Heart of the Sea, which is the Moby Dick type movie with Chris Hemsworth, right? That's when he, yes. he goes into the world. That was I, okay. I liked it. It yeah. was a little too slow, but it was good. I didn't realize that Tom Holland was in that, too. Now that I know that he's in like, you know, 95% of the movies that are out now. Yeah, he's so. the kid they try to send into the whale to get the oil, right? He's yeah. like throwing it up in the whale. He goes in there. It was gross. It was gross. But you know what? <laughs> Whatever. Uh, and then on the 18th, now you might have seen this movie, uh, Star Wars, The Force Awakens came out. <laughs> so that Maybe? was obviously that was a huge, huge, huge. Anything that was coming out beforehand was not going to do well, because which I was very surprised that they actually had sisters and the uh, Tina Fey, Amy Poehler comedy, which is actually not that bad. And Alvin and the Chipmunks Road Chip come out the same day as the Star Wars. Alvin. Listen, my kids watch Road Trip all the time. So Listen, those they for some reason the Chipmunks movies were the worst movies to clean in my entire thirteen years working kids at love the them. movie theater. Those were the worst. I've uh, kids, kids movies are usually bad, mm-hmm. but there's something about those three Chipmunk movies. <laughs> three. This is the fourth one. <laughs> Was it the fourth one? Because oh the third God. one is Chipwrecked. Oh right, they're the worst pretty, cleans. Pretty, uh, Pretty sad that I know that. I, the second one's a squeakle, by the way. Uh, uh, you never forget the squeakle. That's actually clever. When you have kids, Butler, you watch a lot of stuff. I'm fine with it. I actually stuff. liked the first Chipmunks movie. I never watched the other ones. Yeah. So this is written and directed. Well, it was directed by Michael. Is it is it Doherty or Doherty? I always say it's Doherty. Yeah. I don't think I've ever heard anyone I've, say it. I've seen people with that spelling, and it's pron- I know people with that spelling that's pronounced Doherty, so I don't know. Mm. But I'll, I'll say Doherty. Uh, he is responsible for Trick or Treat, Godzilla, King of Monsters. If you, some of you may have remember that. Uh, he also wrote this with Todd Casey and Zach Shields. Uh, Todd Casey is a, a lot of TV stuff, staff writer, and Zach Shields co-wrote Godzilla with him, the, the one I just previously said. He also wrote Superman Returns, which I did not know. I saw that, yeah. I co-wrote like Super- it. Co- uh, yeah, but I like Superman Returns. I don't. Eh, it's but it's not, it's not so much the writing as other stuff. Uh, like what? Eh, well, maybe it's the writing. I, Superman Returns, I would, I would love for that to be one of our uh, forgotten fight clubs. Okay. Because, because of how much I love the character of Superman and how much I was so disappointed in Superman. Oh, we could do that because I, I think it's got some stuff in there that's it's done well. So do I, which is why it's such a disappointment. <laughs> well, then I can't be, can't do it on a super, uh, on a forgotten cinema fight club because, oh, because you kind of like it. Because I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> well, fair enough. Uh, music by Douglas Pipes. Again, I'm gonna. I, we did this for because he did Monster House. I said it then. I'm gonna say it now. That's got to be made up. That can't be his real name. <laughs> Dougie Pipes. <laughs> He's done the Babysitter and Trick or Treat and Cinematography by Jules O'Laughlin, who is responsible for Angel Has Fallen. The Hitman's Bodyguard and a lot of Black Sails episodes, which I did not watch Black Sails. I saw that, which is surprising because Black Sails is like, I like the, the cinematography in Krampus, but the cinematography in Black Sails is so different from Angel Has Fallen. 
Is well, like, Angelus Fallen has that. That is the Gerard Butler. That's the third in the series of you know Olympus has fallen and London has fallen. It's the same character of I can't remember his name again, but it's an action movie. But that's those three movies, those action movies. While they are decent, they have a lot of of computer generated uh, graphics in there. A lot of CGI, blood, a lot of like that kind of stuff. So I think they you do. need to. I think I don't know. I think that that kind of affects the cinematography. I think I, I just it. You, you could just tell that stuff's like, yeah, not there. That's Maybe because I think Black Sails is some of the best has like a really great production value. And some of that comes from the cinematography. I feel right. Like. All right. Let's before we get into the movie, let me go run down the cast. You have um, Adam Scott plays time. He plays the father. Oh, it's the Engel family, I believe. But in the credits, they don't have any of their last. You only find out their angles in the note, which is interesting because in the storyboards and the special features of the Blu-ray, their last name is actually. Um, I have it here. Well, if you're going to come up with a fact, you have to come right away, man. Oh, I'm sorry. Were you just not looking at your notes a second ago? Their last names were <laughs> Metzger. <laughs> okay, don't get, don't get loud. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think they used Angle because it's supposed to be like Angel kind of thing. Because there's a lot of there's a lot of that in there. All right, all right. So uh, Tony Collette is uh, Sarah. He plays uh, you know the mother and his at uh, Tom's wife. MJ Anthony is Max. MJ, you might remember from Chef, mm-hmm. which we both love here. Uh, I forgot to mention that uh, if you don't know, Adam Scott's uh, Parks and Rec, the Big Little Lies, Step Brothers, and uh, the Party Down series, and Tony Collette's from Hereditary, Sixth Sense, Knives Out, and she's well, she hit the scene with Muriel's Wedding. Have you seen Muriel's Wedding? Oh, a while ago, yeah, yeah a long time ago. You're forgetting the biggest movie she's been in. Oh, here we go. Which is Triple uh, X Return of Xander Cage. Oh boy, you can't forget her turn uh, in that. I gonna forget that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy, um, Beth. Beth is played is uh, so Max is basically kind of the the kid lead. I would say his sister Beth is played by Stefania Levy Owen. David Keckner plays how I said that right. Right, plays Howard, the uh, brother in law. Uh, his wife Linda is Allison Tolman. Uh, Linda and Sarah are sisters. Allison Tolman's from Fargo TV series and uh, Mosaic, which you should see. That's really good. David Keckner's actually from Anchorman, and you've everyone. If you've seen The Office, you know who Todd Packer is. That's him. Oh, yeah. Conchata Farrell is Aunt Dorothy. Uh, everyone loves her from Two and a Half Men, and then I just have uh, Omi's played by Krista Stadler or Stadler. Uh, she does a lot of Austrian German right yeah. stuff. And did you know Seth Green was one of the voices of the Gingerbread Man? And so was Justin Rowland. Uh, that's interesting because yeah. in MJ's room, he's got uh, his posters are all a robot chicken, robot yep. chicken, and then he's got one Rick of Rick Sanchez on the yeah yeah, yeah yeah yeah. So they played they played two of the uh, lumpy dumpy or whatever it was. The, so they two of their voices. Nice. So yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's uh, I mean, I got some facts here. We'll go through. Why don't you uh, break down what the movie's about for some people who maybe do not remember it? Okay, so Krampus. It's about Krampus. (laughs) It's about Krampus. So three days before Christmas, Max and his family are awaiting the arrival of his aunt and uncle. It has been a particularly bad Christmas year, which we get from the beginning of the film as rioters kind of destroy Black Friday, destroy stores and Max himself actually gets in a fight with a kid during a uh, production of yeah. The Birth of Jesus. It's like a department store production. A department yeah. store production of The Birth of Jesus. Which I've never heard of. And uh, Not The Birth of Jesus. I've heard about The Birth of Jesus. Would you Just like do, to hear about doing, that? Doing a department store production. Production of it. Yeah, yeah. On Black Friday, no less. <laughs> or I guess it wouldn't have been Black Friday. He gets in a fight because the kid said that Santa wasn't real. Which he is, clearly. Uh, Max gets all upset, and his family's a little upset with Max, but nevertheless, Max writes a letter to Santa Claus because he's hoping for a better Christmas, a happy time with his family. His grandmother, who he affectionately calls Omi, helps him with this letter and, and kind of encourages his youthful joy of Christmas. 
However, that is quickly torn asunder when his cousins and aunt and uncle come and just ruin dinner, make fun of each other, and his cousins actually take his letter from Santa and read it in front of everybody about how he wants a happier family. That's all he wants for Christmas and ridicule for him for it. And he gets a huge fight family runs up to his room, says he hates them all, rips up his letter and throws it outside. The letter goes, sucks up into the air and falls into the hands of what we can assume to be Krampus. 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 What follows is three days of, of torture and misery as Krampus the evil demonic version of Santa Claus who punishes families who don't have enough holiday spirit and goodwill uh, and his minions. You're not hanging mistletoe? To hell with you! <laughs> and uh, what follows, I guess, is three days of uh, very gremlin-esque uh, comedy and horror. I would say Joe Dante-esque, but yes. Yes. As these weird, awful, <laughs> mutated Christmas toys. Oh, those are elves. Toys and... Uh, right, right. Yeah. Foodstuffs yep. capture and kill the rest of their family. I mean, Gingerbread Man? The Gingerbread Man. <laughs> Is that it? That's pretty much it. I mean, that's the movie in a bubble. Uh, the family gets closer together, uh, as we will learn as we go along, but the family gets closer together oh, uh, as, the, <laughs> as the torturing begins. All right. So uh, we saw this in the theater together. We did not. We didn't? No, you saw it. And I, for some reason, did not watch it that day. So you saw it like on DVD or Blu-ray? I saw it on, I ended up renting it like a couple years ago. Okay. Uh, didn't I tell you to watch it? Yes. Because like, I, really, watch it. I like really this good. movie quite a bit. Yes. This, this is one of those movies that, and uh, along with, I'd, I'd group this with uh, Tomorrowland as well, uh, the George Clooney movie, is that this is one of those movies that it's in the wrong decade. I mean, I'm, I'm glad it's here, but like this, if this movie was in the 80s, that we would be talking about this movie along with... Back to the Future, along with Indiana Jones, like all these 80s movies that we talk. Oh, remember, they'll make movies like this anymore. Like, this is the type of movie. Like, like you said, Gremlins, Joe Dante. Right. That's that style. I think a lot of this movie uh has a lot of callbacks to that kind of that kind of filmmaker or storytelling, excuse me, in that time period. So that's why I, I like this movie quite a bit. Um, but I, I mean, I have notes that, you know, some things, you know, like I didn't, but, but I, but I still, I really like this movie. I don't know. You like it, right? I, we I were, think you like it a lot more than I like Well, it. I don't know why you don't like it a lot more like I, I do. like it a lot. In it's fact, good. While I was watching, I was like, why don't I own this movie? And why, why don't I watch there it? There you year? go. Um, which I probably will. But after the 20 minute mark, I think the movie really gets going for me. I think the first 20 minutes are so uncomfortable to watch. Which you need. Oh, because the, the, fa- the family are a bunch of jerks? The family are such oh, jerks. Oh, no. I know. I know. It's I, really I, tough to get through that first I have. Minutes. I know. I have like a <laughs> couple notes here when, as I'm watching it. I'm just like, fuck this family. I'd be telling them, oh, fuck off. Right? I'd be, I would be like, I'd be like, get out of my house. I don't understand why they don't. I mean, they're so, the other family is so awful to them. It's like, they invited you into this house. You have to be a little nice. Yeah. Like, that's ridiculous. I think you're just, you're going to the edge just because, you know, for the comedic sake, and, right. you know, because it's a movie. But, you yeah, know, absolutely. No one's, if someone came into my house and was like that, I'd be like, get lost. Especially like when they're like clearly ripping on the kid in front of the father. And he's just like, hey, guys, stop. Hey, yeah. guys, stop. Maybe it's time for dessert. Hmm? It's delicious, honey. It's a little dry. Okay. Well, mine's delicious. Well, I guess I should have gotten your bird. You can just say something nice. I'll say when she gets back, okay. dessert's good. Well, if you could just do me a favor. Just say something nice about dessert. Hey, that's bad. Care what happened to Santa? No, Stevie, what happened to Santa? Heard it on the news. He 
safely crashed in the Rockies. Out. Get out of my house. Hey, talk to your kids. <laughs> yeah. This is dry. It's bad. It's bad food. Right, you kidding me? Go. Leave. Right. Right. But I do like the fact that this movie takes its time. I like the opening with the um, department store. Oh, the crazy shop. When they have all the Absolutely. credits and they have the song playing. Like, that's like legit. And you and I both know this because we work with customer service. That's how people are. Like, not. I mean, I know it's overblown but oh yeah the there is the Christmas that you get everyone is on edge and they're miserable everybody's miserable this is that opening scene is a reason why i shop online for the holidays because i don't want to even deal with it i still shop in department stores well you have not been burned yet because it is it's just every it's not even just like you don't you don't end up having fights with people and you don't end up like grabbing the same thing someone else grabs, but it's just everybody is so miserable and unhappy and not smiling and just like, like, and I'm not talking about kids. I'm talking about parents and adults. Nobody wants to be there. Yeah. Nobody. It's just, it's not, it's not fun. So that opening scene is I like quite a bit. Um, but the, the, the opening of the movie, which is, you said 20 minutes up until the point when Beth gets taken by the Jack in the box. Um, that's like, it all takes its time. It, like it's, it sets everything up. It's got like, it's like a Christmas, like they, I think one of the notes in the thing, it's like they, they wanted to do like, like it's a Christmas movie. Right. And I kept thinking Christmas vacation. I had like, you know My what I'm note saying? says that it's a, right. it's a really uncomfortable version of the Christmas vacation scene where everybody gets together. Well, think about when uh, the in-laws in Christmas vacation come, the two, the parents, both parents come in the, and in Christmas vacation, when you hear the bells like ding dong and it oh, keeps yeah, going, and everyone's like, oh, <laughs> well, in this one, the Hemi comes up, the truck comes up and you hear it and the house shakes and they yeah. go to each character. And it's just like, this is Christmas vacation with the truck. So, which I'm not saying, you know, you rip that off. I think that's well, the whole movie call back to, you know, yeah, the, movies no, of the 80s. Absolutely. I, yeah. Yeah. Which, which Again, I can't believe that movie that is that old, Christmas Vacation. That's what, 90s, right? That's got to be 91. 90, yeah, 92? that's early 90. No, I that think latest? that's 89. I think that's 89. That, all right. But it's like, holy crap. That's like, that's so far, so long ago. <laughs> well, we're old. But, um, but yeah, so I enjoy that the opening took its time. And then once Beth gets taken, it's like, okay, here we go. Yeah. Right. So, uh, you know, what what did you, I guess... What jumped out most to, cause I know I don't, I'm trying to think like how we can go at this. Okay. How about this? All right. So how are we doing this? You claim that I like it more than you do. So well, why I, I think you do. So let's yes. start with the negatives. Do you tell me what kind of took you out of it maybe, or maybe what you didn't really, didn't really do it for you, I guess. I oh, mean, cause you don't have those notes. Do you? That's no, I mean, I got, I got my notes okay, up. Okay. I mean, really it's the, it's the 20 minute setup. Oh, cause so you didn't. So what I just, what I just sat here saying, I liked you didn't like. Yeah, seriously. I, mean, no, I like the scene. I like the shoppers. I like that opening. Scene. Okay, well, that, I that, think that's the credit. The that's scene, fine. Yeah, yeah, the door scene, the the scene where Max is talking to the mom in the kitchen and and Omi, and it's just it is. I'm not a fan of, and it's weird because I love The Office. is is uncomfortable comedy. The comedy that just makes you squirm. I, I can only take so much of it, you and then I kind of don't just, like. Com- uncomfortable in what way? Like it's just like awkward situations from like this is just really uncomfortable. Right. There's uh, such you don't find like, comedy in this. I, I sometimes I don't find comedy or like a little goes a long way for me. Right. So when it carries on for too long, I just kind of start to kind of sink back in my seat and get on my phone and <laughs> get escape that situation. You're not supposed to have your phone on the theater because uh, oh, I'm watching this at home. Oh, right, it's true. Okay, okay. So Carry it's on. a little goes a long way for me for that. So that 20 minutes does seem like 40 minutes to me. Okay. And I I would say after that, I love the movie. <laughs> It's so, just it's tough to get through that 20 minutes. 
which there are other movies like that that I, I, I love. And like I said, I want to buy this. I'd probably watch this every year if I had it. Not that I want to jump out of this movie, but you mentioned The Office. Like in terms of what comedy in The Office bugs you awkward style, just kind of like where Michael Scott is. Sometimes when Michael Scott does something that makes everyone right. not like him and well, he says something that's really just uh, unapologetically just, just not good. Excuse the, the tangent because I am going to relate it to Krampus. That's fine. But, but I agree with you because when my wife and I watch The Office quite often, the character of Michael Scott gets to a point where you're just like, nobody acts like this. Like right. you, you know what I mean? And it, it's, it, it's, you start getting like, not embarrassed, but you just like, stop. And at some point in the office, he isn't, it's, everybody is rooting more for Jim and Pam, like their story arc and all the, on, and some, right. and all the other people become people are, are, have the funnier lines or have like the funnier moments or have the more juicy, your story, storytelling, you know, rather than when Michael Scott is not, I'm not, he's not one note, but he does go too far in what, how they wrote him. And it does pull you up. Cause you're just like, no, no way you would be allowed to do this. Like when he like butts in on that wedding and all that stuff, like just, right. you, he's inappropriate. It's like, no way. And in this and Krampus, when the family comes over, I understand what you're saying. Cause they're just like, they're so inconsiderate and rude, like to the point where like nobody in their right mind would, would, would put up with this. Nobody. I cannot imagine anybody not being like, shut up. Like even when uh, Sarah goes into the kitchen and the aunt goes in there and says something, she turns around and tells her, no, you'll go beat it. When we go to your trailer and she's like, Hey, I'm just saying, she's like, I'm not in the mood. Like that's, the reaction that we That's want. That's more real. Right. right and right. no one else has that reaction at all during the right. opening. Sequence. So I understand. I understand what you're saying. Right. But for the sake, I, but I also understand for the sake of the movie, for the sake of the, the office, for the comedy, I know that that's, that's where you go sometimes. I but, understand. But, and there's a delicate balance. There's an absolute balance when you're writing that because you don't want, like you said, you don't want somebody to get pulled out like you do get getting pulled out of the beginning. Right. Absolutely. So it's not like I don't, that I think is why I might not like it as much as you do. However, once that's over, I I love it. Um, it's just you got to get whenever a movie I have to get through a certain opening sequence, I'm sometimes less likely to watch that film. Well, to me, it's just it's not too it's not so much of a negative that I don't like the movie. You know what I mean? You know, I don't not right. like the movie either. No, no, I, right. but but it, but it affected you in a way that it does. You know what yeah, I mean? yeah, I don't like those awkward situations. No, I I had the same notes. I had the yeah. same note where I was just like, God, these people suck. You know, and at some point you're supposed to root for them because you're supposed to. And what's right. What's great about the film is you do get to that point. They do, I think, do that pretty successfully. Well, well I for, mean, for some family members. What makes. Well, we're jumping ahead. But right. when um they get. When the elves bust through the window at the end and they're like, they wrap up the aunt, aunt Dorothy and they yank her out. <laughs> her out okay, yeah. And then the they all tie up the the jack in the box. I, I love the fact when the elves are before they're jumping in the jack in the box, like, yeah, he's like, cla- he's like he clapping. Knows. I'm like, yeah, it's, it's, you guys having fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, they wrap them up and they're hugging them and stuff like that. And then they they shoot, they, they pull it out of the and then what's his face? Um, I'm forgetting. Uh, Howard. Ca- Howard. Yeah. Jumps on them. Yeah. Like, it's like. Number one, as soon as he does that, I'm like, well, why are you doing that? But I love Tom's reaction when he's just like, oh, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, what, what are you thinking you're going to do there? Well, yeah. I mean, the Jack in the Box has all his like all well, his kids in there. <laughs> well, I don't know if it has the 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 boy. It has the girl. It does. Yeah, it doesn't it, have. I don't know if because the boy gets pulled up the chimney. Right. Yeah. But it does have his daughter in there. So. And it has the. No, it doesn't have the baby. Just his daughter. Just the daughter. Yeah. Well, and the baby gets taken by the elves anyway. So yeah, he's they, got a head. Right, that right, one. right. So I get his reaction on mm-hmm. why he did it. Which, fun fact, did you know they actually did shoot the Jack in the Box actor 
a stunt guy and a lady playing Dorothy out the window. It wasn't. CG oh, nice. No, they, well, they that, just used pneumatic tubes and went. That's great because one of my notes here is uh, I know that like the gingerbread men are obviously CGI, right? Um, but everything, mostly everything else, is all practical, like all Matt and all like you know even Krampus. I love it because it, it makes practical. it it makes it more like holy crap. These are they're there. It makes it more disturbing. Oh, makes it scarier. absolutely. I I love the practical effects. That's I think that's probably. Also, why I like this movie and why I talk about how it harkens back to the 80s. It's like it's just it's not it doesn't overuse CGI and it's only a 15 million dollar budget. You know what I mean? And I was wondering that the entire time I'm watching the special features and you're at way to workshop and they're just creating so much stuff for this. And the amount of stuff that goes into Krampus is just really impressive. Do you remember when Frighteners came out and nobody like that was like one of their big things and those effects were like awesome frighteners is awesome. awesome yeah frighteners is fantastic we'll be doing frighteners at well i mean we're not saying I mean, everybody knows that i have never met anybody that doesn't like frighteners never no me neither yeah and i mean if i i've met a bunch of people that don't know what frighteners is which is which is great when you show them because it exactly. is so the the effects in that are so good and the movie is just so good it's just and but like again and, and like i i this movie is shot with the exception of the scene in the department store which was shot on location mm-hmm. um, in New Zealand. This whole production was in New Zealand, but 95% of this movie is shot on a soundstage and I'm fine with that. And it looks awesome when they're in the road and, and, and they're walking, you know what I mean? Oh, all yeah, the snow, all which, the snow and stuff like that, which is most of it. It's made from different things, but the majority of the snow that's on the ground is made from what's inside diapers. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. Yep. So I thought that was interesting, but, um, but yeah, no, I, I love the whole look of it. And we talked about the cinematography before uh, by O'Loughlin. It's like, I think that lets you do more because you can control the environment, obviously. And there's a lot of things you can play with. Absolutely. And the one thing I will say, though, is there are scenes at the beginning where that don't that make it seem more downstagey in the house, um, especially when you're in Max's room, um, the way his room is lit. It's like you've got his his wall lights, but then you've also got another light coming down from what seems to be like an angled top, which doesn't have a source and we've well, talked about before it's it's weird when lighting doesn't have a source well you're in a well here's the thing you're in a house you have right. to assume it has lighting up top i mean uh, above so i think it's just, just you know the whole I, thing's probably I, lit by a giant light i get it in a lot of movies light yeah. rooms like that mm-hmm. in houses so it's like it didn't take me out but i was like Meh. yeah that's Where fine come from? <laughs> <laughs> um well back to the family because we talked about how we hated them i actually well, I thought all the characters were well developed in terms of like, you know, there with the exception of kind of like of with the exception of the uncle and the aunts, Linda and Howard's children. You really, mm-hmm. I mean, the two, the twins, they're twins, right? They're supposed to be twins. I think they're yeah. supposed to be twins. Um, they're just they're basically jerks, or the, he wishes they were guys. They're boys, and you know, they're 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 tough, right. rough and tumble girls, and whatever, and they're just mean and bully kind of thing. Um, you know, and the son is like, I guess a slug doesn't do much. Just I think he's kinda, supposed to be like the kid from Christmas Vacation when they bring him. Uh, I guess I, I kept thinking he was from Bad Santa, <laughs> <laughs> but like like again, when he's at the dinner table and he's drinking the Mountain Dew out of Chugging the two liter, it's like. No. He's going to be the biggest linebacker. Yeah. He's not athletic, man. It is gross. <laughs> they, their, their children are a little not, they're not as developed as I guess. Uh, not even Beth. I mean, Beth doesn't get a lot to do because she gets she, taken first. She gets, she, yeah, she's, she's the, the initial girl. She has a boyfriend. She's going to, he lives on the street. You know, they have that shot where like the Santa's like looking at her ass when they took the photo. Right. So the Santa, Santa looks at and she's annoyed with that. And, and you, you get that they're not, they're just kind of like at each other. Not like they're like 
She's a teenager. Right. Exactly. There is a family. It's the end of the holiday season. It's, it's, it's all that, you know, it's, it's, we've all been there. Um, but I did like, I guess I like the Omi character. I liked her relationship with Max. I, cool, yeah. I liked, I, I liked the Tom character, the father, him being an Eagle scout and how he, you know, it kind of fixes with the film. Right. With the film. Exactly. I, I, he wasn't like, basically like we're complaining about how, like in the beginning of the movie, you know, we, we would say something to the family that's, you know, being loud and obnoxious, right. but in the end, it's really, it's really Tom who is the strongest of them all because he becomes he, the leader. Right, kind of, exactly. Yeah. Um, and, and Sarah as well. I like their reactions to a lot of like what's happening. Like, I like the fact that like when they're, they're up in the attic and the creatures are on top of them and he's just like, you gotta be kidding me. Like it's oh, like yeah, stuff like that. Stuff. Yeah. Cause these are reactions that we would all have. Right. So now I've, I've basically just been talking for like nonstop for like five, 10 minutes, I think. And you've just been sitting there going, uh-huh. Yeah. So that's, that's not cool. That's not what this podcast <laughs> is about. So why don't you bring up something that maybe I haven't brought up yet or something that jumped out at you? I mean, Every Everything. You love everything I said, right? I do like their reactions. I mean, the, the main thing for me about this movie is is the effects, is the is yep. all the creature effects. I mean, I love when like you, oh, you watch three puppets. Yeah, you watched the special features. I, did I didn't. Special, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the way they made everything, the all the practical stuff, what went into the Krampus, I thought was really cool. Like the design of the Krampus was actually more complicated than I thought. Originally, he was a, a more slender figure, and then uh, Michael Dougherty or Doherty or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he just kept adding more layers to uh, Krampus and they, it, everything is like a different type of material that would have been around in different decades and different time periods. So you get these different reds and stuff like that. And they aged it, obviously, in the chains and the bells and then the horns and then his hooves. And then they actually had two different hooves. They had hooves for the close ups that actually had ankles. And then they had the hooves that the actual actor wore. So um, it was it a guy in a suit. It was a guy in a suit. Okay. And the guy in the suit was on stilts. Um, cause he was only five, eight and Krampus is about eight foot tall. Mm-hmm. And what I found interesting, which I didn't realize was the actor is actually holding the Krampus head on us on a, that on makes a, sense. On a yeah. handle, the handles yeah. in the middle of his head. And there's a camera. Krampus has a mole near his mustache and that mole is actually a camera feed. And where Krampus's eyes are, are actually a oh, little, um, nice. tiny video screen. So when the actor's walking, that's how he sees. And then he can move the head left and right with the handle he's holding, which is in the middle of this faceplate that uh, the Krampus that's has. A, that's got to be one of those guys that does like the Lion King. Um, the animatronic kind of No, stuff. like well, when they do the Lion King stage plays and stuff like that, when they got, they, they're all oh, dressed yeah, in black. And yeah, yeah, that, that's, but that's cool. That's, that's, but again, that's, if I had the option of doing that or doing just a CGI, CG. hey, look at the tennis ball. I want oh, that. Yeah. I want the practical. Because even knowing thing. that only makes me more impressed, only makes me that much more interested in watching right. that scene again and mm-hmm. watching all the Krampus stuff. Right. Um, and then the cherub, I didn't realize, took like eight people to animate just that scene where she wakes up before mm-hmm. she attacks Sarah. It was like four people on each wing. The angel. Somebody. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, person for the hands, person for the eyes, and the eyes were animatronic on diodes and stuff, and then everything else was there. Mm-hmm. And then they put a dowel like basically up her butt. <laughs> <laughs> and another puppetry guy like launched it at Sarah at the end. The robot was actually a, a remote controlled robot. And the Teddy was actually like an actual puppet with like eight guys and stuff. It was like <laughs> the most traditional puppet. And I actually think Teddy was the coolest design. Mm-hmm. Of the I do. I, I like Teddy. the Jack in the box with the way its mouth opens. Jack in the box is so and, and like when they, cause when they see it and they're shoving down the kids and they're just like, Oh, come on. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, I know. It's like, you know, it's coming too. like in yeah. the, um, when Beth is under the, uh, truck. snowplow or the truck. Yeah. yeah. And the, and it's just like, and it stops. You're like, come on, you know, it's opening. <laughs> 
but they don't show them, which is is cool. Right, and right. You know, wait till later. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And those jowls, man. That jaw when it opens, <laughs> it opens like uh, the vampires in Blade Two. It does, and that's yeah. always like the creepiest jaw, or like almost a little like Predator. Yeah, the yeah, mandibles. A little, yeah, yeah. Not, not, yeah. That actually went through a whole bunch of different designs, and one of them. Like the body, the body kept changing. So in one part, he had like eyes, not just the black dots for eyes, Mm -hmm. um, which they thought was creepy, but they went back to the traditional kind of old school Jack in the Box. And in other versions, his body was more of a slug and actually had these weird, grotesque arms attached to it and stuff like that. And then in other versions where the people were, were lit up. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was red as he was digesting them and you could actually see them pressing against his body, like screaming for help, which they kind of ended up using in the cloth body anyway, because you could see the hands and the writhing. Yeah, yeah. Which I guess were like three different actresses stuck in there together oh, doing geez. different body motions. Well, that's great though. That's uh that's uh, that just makes me like it even more. Right. Yeah. Did you notice the Wilhelm scream in in the movie? Did you know where that no, was? Where, where was that? It was when they tossed the teddy bear down the attic to get stairs. Oh, he Right. That's nice. So I know you know this, but I'm just going to for people maybe that don't know what the Wilhelm scream is. Uh, it's a stock sound effect. Of a guy getting eaten by crocodiles, I believe. I think that's what it was called. Manny, I think that's what it was from a movie called The Distant Drums. Uh, it, it's, it was used in the 80s a lot. Like it was used in like Raiders and in um, Star Wars and stuff like that. It's been used in over 416 films and TV shows. Uh, it's just basically, it's always used. It's kind of like an, an insider thing like to right. use it. But I don't think they use it anymore. I think I, cause when I was going through some notes, I think uh, they stopped using it like maybe four years ago. So I don't know why I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't really look into why, but Did it just figured out there was a copyright. Uh, maybe, something? maybe they just were like, no, no, for already. Maybe someone said it's not cool anymore to use it. I don't know, but oh, yeah, come on. It's uh, awesome. I, I know. I know <laughs> you can, it's, it's, it's free. It's not right. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. It's like a where's Waldo. Yeah, exactly. Um, so Krampus is, one of the things I wanted to look up was how it did uh, worldwide, because Krampus is a is a big part of the Austrian German folklore. He's bigger in yeah Europe. Right. He just kind of sort of came over, right? Like in the, in this movie, he's known as the, they they refer to him as the Shadow of Santa Claus, but that's not really what he is, right? Um, but they have like Krampus Krampus runs Krampus's runs in uh, or Krampus runs in Europe where men dress up as Krampuses and they just chase kids around. Like scare the crap <laughs> of the kids. <laughs> um, I'm glad they don't do that here. So I was curious how this movie would do in Austria and Germany. What I was looking at broke down all like the, the money in different countries. Right. And it was in the top three. Uh, like Austria did 1.2 million and Germany did 2.2, but Mexico had like two, did like 2 million as well. So I was interested there, but there's a couple of the countries that pop up the 2 million, but, but it did well there. And, and it was originally, this movie is originally going to be released on the 25th of November, which was going to go up against Creed and the good dinosaur and Victor Frankenstein. I think it would have done well there. So it was going to get a, a Thanksgiving release, the but they push, pushed yeah. it back to the fourth because on the fifth is the um, Austrian festival of uh, Krampusnacht or whatever it is. So, so they kind of like moved it back to kind of like, you know, do it that same weekend, which I mean, Okay, that's cool and everything, but like we don't know that here. Like that's in Austria. They could have released it a week yeah. later in Austria, right? Yeah. So I didn't, I didn't get that. I mean, I, while that note might be like just thrown in there, like, hey, that's why we're doing it. Mm, I, that, they probably Other just reasons. pushed it back. Yeah, they probably just pushed it back because they didn't think oh, it was Victor strong. Frankenstein's going to beat us. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I would think that that they were probably just worried about that kind of stuff. So, so yeah, that's why. 
Interesting. Yes. Do you know the reference of the noodle incident in the movie? No, they said it. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. So in the movie, um, she talks about how the neighbors aren't home and uh, the neighbors across the street don't talk to us anymore since the noodle incident. So in the comic strip, Calvin and Hobbes, there is Calvin always talks about there's the noodle incident that they have, but they never explain it in the comic strip. So that's where that's from. That's just kind of like a reference to the strip. No. Oh, okay. Did you ever read Calvin and Hobbes? Yeah, but not enough to know. The Calvin and Hobbes is really good, though. You should. You should. If you have never. They're, they're really good. But yeah, that's what that's from. Interesting. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we haven't talked about we haven't talked about the big thing with the movie um, in the ending. Yes. Because one of the bigger, one of the big reactions that, or I guess, differing fan theories of the ending is, um, you know, what it actually means. So, do you want to explain the ending and uh, sure, and, yeah, uh, explain the talk about the ending, and then I'll go through. Maybe I'll just talk about what two people think it it means. So hopefully right. you've watched the movie, but I'll just go over to remind you guys if you haven't seen it for a while or whatever. But in the end of the movie, Max kind of faces Krampus as the last surviving family member. Tries to convince Krampus to give back his family. Krampus just kind of laughs. Then, before Krampus throws Max into this fiery pit, Max just says, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just wanted Christmas to be like it used to be. After falling into the pit, Max wakes up. It's Christmas morning. The family is by the fireplace. They're opening presents. They're happy. They're laughing. They're opening gifts. Max gets his. He opens it up. It's the Krampus bell that uh, Omi got when she was the last surviving member. Right, we have yeah, attack. yeah. Omi had what? Faces well, yeah, we'll get crisis. to that. Yeah, I think. Yeah. yeah. Max looks at the bell, being reminded that oh my god, what just happened wasn't a nightmare. His family all looks at the bell. We zoom out, zoom out of the house, zoom out of the street, find out their house is actually enclosed in a snow globe in Krampus's what we assume is Krampus's hut, his house, <laughs> his domicile. Uh, she needs some cleaning up. What? He's Krampus. Krampus <laughs> needs maids. You see hundreds, if not thousands, of other snow globes with other houses in them. And that's how you pan out. So the question, I guess, is what happened to Max? One of those family? houses is the psycho house, by the way. I thought that when I saw yeah, it. Yeah. I like, yeah, All right. So, yeah. So, what happened to his family? So, the two differing theories are that uh, his family is trapped inside the snow globe, forced to live through. Uh, Christmas, Christmas over, and over. Every, over and over again. Christmas morning over and over again. The second one is that it's just Krampus keeping an eye on them. Right. So we both, you know, they never tell you what it is. And then we both watched a Blu-ray and I had mentioned to Mike that, you know, I watched the last, uh, I turned the commentary on for the last part of it. And they, it's, it's the director, writer, directors, and they're talking about the movie and they're like, they have a quote unquote blood oath where they'll never reveal what it means, which we had a conversation about that where I don't, I, I'm all for open endings, but not if you know the ending. Like, like I'm if you don't know yourself when you're writing a story and you don't really know it could you're 50 50 on what you think it is and you just want to leave it up to interpretation. Okay, that's fine. But if you know if your story has the natural ending and you know what that ending is, why 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 not reveal it? Like I don't understand that. So what I did not tell you, Mike, was that Ooh. If there's a tie-in comic book to this movie, it's called Shadow of Saint Nicholas, and in the comic, it confirms the happy ending of the. Of, it confirms the happy ending that uh, he's watching them. Okay, it confirms that ending because it says it in the book. So 
They can hide all they want. We found out. We found. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, that yeah. makes more sense anyway. It, it you does. You don't learn your lesson at the end. If he right. says, I'm sorry, it's supposed to be him learning a lesson. All of a sudden, your characters don't learn a lesson. Right, right. And in the alternate ending, like in, in we'll go to the bell and, and with Omi in a second. But so he has the bell and all the characters look at the bell and you keep hearing the stuff that happened to them. Through, they keep remembering. They start remembering. They yeah. start remembering everything. in the alternate ending they don't have the snow globe uh only omi and max remember uh what happened right and then they and then they pull out and everyone else is celebrating ah, and they pull away and that's it it just cuts but they remember so but i don't know that's just that was the alternate ending i almost think i prefer the alternate ending i do like like, I, i like that and, you know, the alternate ending in the Blu-ray just kind of fades out. I don't know if that's just because they just cut oh, the maybe, snow globe. Maybe, maybe. was the snow globe scene, but I kind of like that a little more. Right. That Omi obviously already saw the Krampus. It was her wish. Mm-hmm. Max had a wish. They both own a bell. Right. The Krampus is looking at them specifically, not the rest of the family. Right. It's their lesson to be learned. Right. Which I, be- I agree with you. I think it works where they're both, they both are kind of like remembering that. I don't think anyone else would remember because it wasn't their broken wish it wasn't their wish that they wanted it to all go away like you know they hated christmas they were losing the fit whatever you know what i mean so we talked about it and we kept saying we go back to it omi actually had this half she talks she tells a story about how she knows krampus because this happens to her family right and they go to an animated sequence which is supposed to it's supposed to be similar to the advent calendar he has on his wall the dates Supposed to be. It's I, really I know. I agree. I like the animation and I like that they went to an animated segment. I, it made they, it Christmassy. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, and she talks about how they took, takes her parents and he winks at her, and, you know, and gives her the bell and that stuff. And so the same stuff happens to her, except her parents don't come back because she doesn't, I guess not. She, she doesn't, doesn't say, I'm sorry. She well, no, it's not that he says, I'm sorry. It's that he sacrifices himself for, for them. You think that's see, cause then he laughs when he says, take me instead. And he just goes, Ugh kill you anyway and he kills he throws the cousin well, in. so i think it's that he actually is sorry for what he had done but i think it's a combination i think of he you could just say the words of you know take me instead and not mean not it mean but it right. apologizing for what he did kind of with that he krampus is like all right i think he's learned his lesson like you thing. think when he says take me instead you he just knows that's what he's supposed to say right right and then when he says he's sorry it's like he's it's already too late but he sees the so tear right he sees the tear and his claw hand comes out and touches the tear and he laughs and it's almost like prove it almost like you're like uh, sure, whatever yeah, okay. you know what I mean? that kind of thing so i think it's a combination Okay. Um, but Omi never did that when she was younger. She just hid, and then the parents never came back. They went off to hell, and right. she was left alone, which begs the question how she got to America, but whatever. You know. I knew St. Nicholas was not coming this year. Instead, it was a much darker, more ancient spirit. The shadow of St. Nicholas. 
It was Krampus. I like that. It's that ending. I like it. It's like he's making sure. But my, my point with the Omi thing was this. You know, she didn't lose the Christmas spirit. Like she was making cookies and making uh, Austrian um, hot chocolate. Yeah, all, all this stuff. She was chocolate. like, yeah, it, she knew what was coming, but she never made. She, you know what I mean? Like she never. Like I don't understand why she would why she would be taken away. It was she was part of his family. I, I think guess. it just didn't matter at that point. I would have liked something where in that scene, her? where he remembered her. Yeah, I was expecting that the first time, and then even this time, I was like. Does she show him the, like what? What's in the bag? And it's like oh, just toys that capture. Yeah. But I was expecting, you know, it'd have been nice to have a little like he remembers every one of his victims. And that's not in any of the deleted scenes or anything like None that. Of the deleted no. scenes. I will tell you the deleted scenes do have most of them are just extended. There's a couple of them are deleted, and it's like all right, you don't need it. There are two scenes. One is between Sarah and Linda, where they're it's sisters. an extended scene where they're they're talking about the angel on top of the Christmas tree, and they talk about their childhood. And then they talk about how Sarah's actually jealous of Linda because her family's always together. You know how Tom always travels. So they're kind of a little separate and, Mm -hmm. you know, they don't have a lot of money, but they make it work. And she's almost jealous of her. And then Linda says, you know, I'm jealous of you because you've got this nice house. Everything's like bought off the Sky Mall catalog (laughs) like that. And it's like the grass is always greener and they have this really nice touching moment. And then Howard and Tom have another nice moment where where the scene where Howard apologizes to Tom, like, I'm sorry, I always thought you were like. The way I treated you. Right, right. And they go a little deeper. I'm sorry I called you a sissy. You, you, know? you mean you when just, they were in front of the boarded up windows? Right, right yeah. Okay. Or Howard's just like, you know, that it's nice to be thought of as a family member instead of, you know, just Linda's life sentence, which is what Sarah's father called me. And both. they get into it like a lot of like a lot more history. You get a lot of their backstory, which are nice touching moments and not too long, which I think could have been saved into the movie because I really like those moments. Ah, it's 98 minutes, though. You're you, you start pushing... 100, 105 there at that point. We're talking, yeah. we're talking maybe five extra minutes for right. both scenes combined. Right. I don't think that's a lot to ask for like these really nice touching moments that really establish that, hey, these characters are learning lessons. Yeah. That's, that's I, a fair I, point. I, I liked them. No, that's a fair point. I, I can, I could, I'd be all right with that. Howard has the, Howard has one of the funnier lines in the movie, although I do like uh, Tom's oh great line when Howard leaves, but yeah. I, I love when they come down the attic and she's telling about, you don't want to know. He's like, honey, I just come my ass kicked by a bunch of Christmas cookies. So trust me when I say I can take it. I love that line. I was just like, yeah. Well, Aunt Dorothy's got a couple of good lines. Although I think she's a little annoying most of the time. Yeah. I, I do love her line where it's like, why do I have to go with the kids? I don't even like kids. Even when I was one. <laughs> and then she's got a great line in a deleted scene where she talks about bums in the cold. And she's like, oh my God, it's so cold. But if I was a bum out there in the wintertime, I would just end it now. I would just end it. <laughs> And she's like, Aunt Dorothy. And she goes, Christ, even on a nice day, you wonder why they even bother. <laughs> I'm just like, holy crap. <laughs> like, Aunt Dorothy does not care what she says. And I, I think that's great. <laughs> when she's making the peppermint schnapps with the kids and she passes. Oh, I know. She's an enabler. <laughs> <laughs> she's starting that. She's starting that character on a dark path. Uh, <laughs> so let's talk about maybe why it was forgotten. I think I we probably already touched upon it. I don't know if you have any other thoughts. I mean, I, I would. I think it maybe got lost with 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 Hunger Games and 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 Star Wars and it's really tough. Holiday movies are really tough because when you're in the holiday, you don't want to see holiday movies. It's when you're getting ready for the holidays, like when they're about to start, like November. That's when you want to like, before you get stressed out because you're sick of the holidays, around. right? And I think that's probably because it's kind of a lesson that they kind of teach here. It's like the corporateness and the the buying presents. That kind of greedy part of Christmas kind of overshadows everything else Mm -hmm. and kind of really wears you down. Those who celebrate Christmas. Right. 
and like the you know the holiday season in general. It, you know, it's even if you don't celebrate Christmas or Hanukkah or any of the holidays that are around the time, you do. It's still busier everywhere you go. So it's everywhere still, you like, go is busy. Right. The stress of you need to buy presents for these people. Right. The fact that it starts earlier and earlier every year. Oh God! That yeah. by the time you get to Christmas, you forget about it. What also doesn't help Krampus is it's a Christmas movie. You're not watching it in the middle of the summer for the most part. But Nightmare Before Christmas is is what? Is that a Christmas movie or is that a Halloween movie? It's both, man. Well, why can't this be both? I have a conversation with Oh, because Nightmare Before Christmas is Halloween. Halloween and, yeah, and I Christmas. get you. And I know. And it's a loaded then, question. I knew the answer. <laughs> even then, you can't. It's it's tough to watch Nightmare Before Christmas in the summertime. True. I mean, granted, I mean, I'm not saying you can't. No, no, no. no. But I, I am you. saying that makes it a little more forgettable because when it's, you know, in July, when I'm, you know, watching the fireworks go off at the beach, I'm not thinking I could really go for some Krampus right now. Well, I could really that's, watch that. that's the other thing with holiday movies. It's like when to release them, because you got to remember, are you looking for a big movie release or are you looking for a big DVD home video release? Because you've got Krampus coming out in the first week of December. This is not coming out on DVD or Blu-ray until, until February, March. It, you, I mean, you could push it. Quick, you could see so you could. I, I'd give you March or April, but you're talking springtime when the right. season's over. How is that? That's not going to sell. Or do you have to? Uh, you hold it until next November. Hi, that's a that's like uh, eight months away, ten months it would away. Have to be huge to hold it for the full year. Which I right. I remember a couple of movies having done that yes. in the past. They, they don't do it there often anymore. Well, you, I remember like you'll remember a movie coming out, and you're just like, why is that not out on Blu-ray yet? And then you don't realize that. Oh wait, I bet you it's coming out in a month because yeah, that's what Thanksgiving. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but. Krampus probably would have done better on Blu-ray and DVD than it would in theaters. How not to say it didn't do well. It made sure. its money back first mm -hmm. week. Yeah. But then again, as well, and I think I've we had this problem when we were trying to come up with a list for the holidays, and it ended up being kind of like a fractured list because movies are either remembered for Christmas and they're watched all the time, or they're not. Mm -hmm. You kind of live and die by that. And I think lately in in the last 20 years maybe since christmas vacation there aren't that many memorable christmas movies that people watch year and year elf uh <sighs> maybe love actually i like love actually but I, I know people don't like it i still have to watch it you've never seen it no you, get you probably at me you probably won't like it i might like it no i i i i've <laughs> i've met a lot of some people that just hate it just i think just because they want to hate it or they think it's too corny and i get it but there's still stuff in there that makes me laugh i don't care if people if uh, that's fine people cannot like it i'm actually not a big elf fan which i'm not a big elf fan either like really no 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 well here's the thing with i don't hate it but eh. well what you're talking about because you're talking about uh, like so let's talk, like it's a wonderful life was right. on all the time because that was the copyright was never nobody owned it. And right. It was on all the time. Show it. Right. And it's almost like forced into the into the Christmas like into the ethos the that like, yeah. oh, my God, I love this movie. It's on all the time. We watched it all the time because it was on all the time. Elf is the same way. Elf is on all the time. Hocus Pocus is on all the time now in Halloween. And I'm not saying these aren't terrible movies. They're, they're, they're fine. But right. they become classics because. They're always on TV. They're always available. You don't even, you're always reminded of it. And it just becomes part of, we watch Elf every year. We watch Hocus Pocus all the time. You're like, that's, I think that's part of that, what you're saying. It's, it's a little part of it. Yeah. Like, I know that, like, I'm old enough to remember, and you probably remember, like, the WPIC stuff, like the Godzilla movies and the King Kong movies, all, that, all stuff. that stuff. Right. right. For people who don't know WPIC, that's uh, like a New York area thing. Yes. <laughs> and then you have, um, and then maybe like in the 90s, you remember you had TNT and the new classics and yes. they, yes, okay. And they would have the, where are those now? You don't, you don't you have don't, that. And everything's streaming now anyway. So many people but, cut but, the cord. But again, so that's, that. that's like, that's, uh, again, I, I, my, I agree with you. I like, we're on the same page here, but right. I will equate 
when you flip on Netflix or any any of the streaming services that are coming in Disney Plus and all the stuff that's coming in, it's all in front of you and you have this like stasis or you have this like you're you're stalled because there are too many options. Just like when you go to the concession stand and every candy's there available to you, everything's available to you and you're just like I don't know what to pick. Yep. Just like when people go to the box office and they have to pick their seats and there are 95 seats available and they're just like, I don't know what to pick. What do I pick? What do I the pick? The middle of the middle. Right. Come on. Exactly. <laughs> it's like when you're given the option of all these choices, honestly, it's the worst thing because then you don't know what to do because you just start second guessing everything. So right. maybe it's not. It, I think that when you flip on the TV and you see like, oh, shoot, TNT's running these two movies on Saturday night back to back. I'm going to watch them. I'm home that night. I'm going to watch them rather than, hey, it's Saturday night. Uh, what do I watch? Well, let me just see what's on Prime. No, uh, let me go see what's on Netflix. And 30 minutes later, you haven't picked it, po- uh, chosen anything. Well, you know, it'd be nice. And this goes back to how you want video stores back. What if Netflix had like an editor's choice sure. every week? So like uh-huh. some obscure I see what movie. you're doing there. And like, you, like the end yeah. cap. Yeah. Like just do that and like have Hulu, Amazon. And what's great is, and I know we kind of give Disney a bad rap with their, their Marvel movies and talk about how they're buying everything. Disney Plus's selection, which is out now by the time you're listening to this oh yeah right right so i i saw their list of films they have some really obscure older disney films that most people don't know or talk about anymore mm-hmm. and this is finally a chance to watch them yeah netflix has a million billion films on there like hulu's got some pretty good older films as well some cheesy older films but they got some stuff they got critters which is really exciting critters critters i got all the critters Crites. critters in space Oh, but God. like all these old films that like most people don't remember at all you can find there which is cool that they're accessible mm-hmm. but you need somebody to bring those older, obscure films to a church. Sure. Well, I mean, when you went to the video stores, you would have that whole end cap where it was like, um, you know, suggestions. Yeah, Vinny's Choice. Yeah. And it's like people went there yeah. because people just want people always come up to us and we're like, what is what's good? They want to know. They want to hear. And right. that's fine. Some people some people like finding those things. Some people like I'll do it on my own. Some people already know what they want to see. But some people just kind of like t- looking for help. Looking for suggestions. I agree with you. The editor's choice is fine on Netflix. Or maybe uh, maybe we've encouraged a few people to watch some forgotten films as we've talked Aww. about. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> touches my soul. <laughs> Krampus won't visit my house this year. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sweet. Um, anything else that I've left out that you think maybe we should talk about? Um, I was going to uh, go for it. There's a couple of things. One, it's a little bit of a gripe. Oh, here we go. But this is a universal film, right? Yes. Now, I, for the last few years, I have traditionally gone to Universal Studios for Halloween Horror Nights. Okay. Uh, Why has there not been a Krampus house? Because this would be an amazing- You just uh, said that this is a holiday movie. We just had a- But they've done, they do like winter things. Like there's been a Yeti one. Um, I think at Universal Hollywood in California, they did a Santa's Workshop nightmare version where the elves have- Gone amok. Mm-hmm. Maybe they should do Krampus runs yeah, at I Universal. Think Krampus would be awesome. You should well, mention <laughs> it to them. They're listening right now. Hopefully, <laughs> that's good. Um, and then the other thing is, did you like the advent calendar? I thought the snowman was really creepy on the twenty third. I thought like that's not a really cool snowman. I mean, but that's that's an old. I do you mean did I like the pictures? Did did we need it? Would well, be my I, question because there's but again, it's only over three days, so there are not a lot of days well, where doors open. But I think that's that's harkening back to Christmas Vacation. I know it's a callback. But I think they that's open what they more are. doors in Christmas Vacation. But I think that's what they are. I think I think it's just kind of like it's kind of like that. It's yeah. just kind of it's just the second time I watched it. It's like I don't know if I need this. Yeah, like, I, I might just need a title card going December twenty third, December twenty fourth. 
Like, I don't know True. if I need the advent calendar when you only have so many days that you're going to show me. It's a style choice, though. I mean, yeah. I guess that's just what they wanted to do. I don't know why it bothered me this time. It didn't bother me the first time, but this time <laughs> why I was like, it bother eh, you so much. Why? <laughs> and then uh, I got to say, I do love the gingerbread men. Yeah. Like, we didn't really talk about them because it's CGI and like everything's practical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they are well done and they are kind of funny. I do love when he blows them up, when he hits the uh, the little like... um. A little like oh, when he fires the gun, the shotgun, the shotgun, yeah, a little fire thing, yeah, yeah. And the one gingerbread man falls down and sees his own arm and he screams. (laughs) (laughs) Like I thought that was a good choice. Those are just little things that I really liked about the movie. No way, screaming, he let himself get bit. The the sun goes and eats him. Uh, He wasn't too happy about it, even though he let himself get bit. Well, he knew that was gonna happen. He was still like, (laughs) (laughs) ah. He knew. I mean, if you're gonna use yourself as bait, that's gonna happen. Exactly. He'll get recooked. (laughs) He'll be fine. (laughs) I love that the girls at the end got brass knuckles. Oh right. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) See that, Max? I I I I hate this. I hate to do this since we're gonna nitpick, but the I don't know the actress's name, and I don't think she does much but the actress that played jordan the one of the girl the the girls that had the short blonde hair really tight blonde hair like really short well the daughters one of the twins okay not the one with the glasses the one with the glasses is actually uh step the actress that plays beth up that's actually her sister but the other girl i did she was not strong in terms of chops if you will like to the point where like at the end of the movie when they're all like remembering the Krampus bell, oh, what she's happened? She's smiling. smiling. Yeah, she's like, like, do, do, I, I saw that. What's too, going yeah. on there? Like, uh, and there, were, and you can tell when you watch the movie that they don't like. She doesn't have a lot to say, and even when she does say stuff, it's like not really a lot, you know. I, I, so that kind of pulled me out a little. But hey, what are you gonna do? Yeah, they're kids. Oh, I get that. Oh, yeah, no, but, no, no. Yeah, whatever. I mean, it's just it. I notice it. We're here talking about the the movie. I just wanted to bring it up. All right. <laughs> I did notice that as well. <laughs> yeah, so if you haven't I'm sorry we ruined the movie for you if you've seen it already, if you haven't seen it, Krampus. So but uh if you have seen it and you're like, yeah, it was okay, you should watch it again. I I will say I liked it the first time I saw it. I liked it a lot more the second time. It's definitely a movie that around the holiday season I'd be like, let's watch Krampus. Yeah. You know, because it's fun. Like I said, I'll probably be picking yeah. up the Blu-ray now. You should. I, I really like it. Yeah. It's a it's it's yeah, it's I, good. I would I would double feature like if it was snowing outside and it was near Christmas mm-hmm. and I was like stuck in the house, I would probably do a double feature of this in Gremlins. OK, that's good. That's a good. Uh, that's a good double. Yeah. I like that. Which is first. I'd probably do Gremlins first. OK. And then I can see all the Gremlins touches that they do in, uh, all right. in Krampus and stuff. That's nice. Nice job. Nice job. All right. All right. <laughs> All right. So uh, actually uh, next week, just to kind of give you a heads up what we're doing, we're going to be doing the animated movie. We're going to do another kid's movie. Yes. Bolt. About the dog actor. Right. The dog action star. Yes, that's right. And then he gets lost. I don't know. I, I've watched it. Uh, I like it. I just haven't watched it in a while. <laughs> John Travolta, the voice of Bolt. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's why I kept thinking Travolta, Travolta, Travolta. Why am I thinking that? Okay. So that's next week. We'll be doing Bolt. Um, thanks for listening, guys. Please feel free to uh, share, you know, rate, review. Let us know how we're doing. We take suggestions. Yes. Uh, make sure you follow us uh, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We are, you can go to our website, ForgottenCinemaPodcast.com. You can also hit it. There's a contact form on there. You can also shoot us an email at uh, what's our email address again? Forgotten cinema pod <laughs> at gmail.com. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, so, uh, thanks for listening. I am Mike Field. I am Mike Butler. And this has been Forgotten Cinema.
Krampus. Krampus, he gave me a bell and it was a nice. It never, it never rang though, Krampus. Oh, it rings. Did it? It rings in the movie. Yeah. Oh, do you think that Omi, like if you're a guy, you're Omo, Oma? I don't know. Oh, I mean, what is Omi? I'm not Austrian. I can't tell you. Oh, we should have looked it up. We suck. <laughs> <laughs>